the Pacific Classic All Stakes Pick 5 edition of the Notorious OTB on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests, including our NFL win totals contest with a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is offering you a chance to win $15 million in prizes with Best Ball Mania 4. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus up to $100. We're also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. And we're also brought to you by our college football bankroll challenge. Up to $3,000 for grabs. Get all the details over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash bankroll. Welcome, everybody, to the Notorious OTV, brought to you by the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. And as always, it's all good, baby, baby. Oh, it was all a dream. We used to read Blood Horse Magazine. I've got my Cuban link on. Yes, Cuban B. I'm your host, Chase Essams, the Wolf of Oak. Welcome to the show. Uh, as promised, we're, we're here with the late half of the... Uh, of the Del Mar card, looking at the, the late pick five. I, I guess I, there's something I should say, but why should I say it when Bone Thugs and Harmony said it so perfectly years ago? Got Josh Rodriguez, my friend, Cherry Drink, as you might know him, uh, here to uh, to help me look at the, uh, at the sequence. I know he's all you know, nourished up because I just watched this man eat some Asiago cheese crisps and Japanese peanuts. Wow. Like if I'm going to have anyone join me for the sequence, it's going to be a fucking citizen of the world. Like Josh Rodriguez, who enjoys uh, culinary delights from all over the planet. Josh, how's it going, man? Good. I love that. You told me that what I just said was too bougie to be fake. So you knew that exactly what I was eating. Um, but, uh, no, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, you know, you've, um, it's kind of funny. I think the last couple of weeks, uh, you've basically had on all the people I met in Saratoga. Um, you know, Andrew Champagne, I met him for the first time uh, a couple of weeks back when I went to Saratoga, Jessica Tugwell, who you had yesterday. Um, I, I met her up for a little bit. Um, I think you've had Caleb and Mark on recently who, you know, I've also obviously saw them up in Saratoga, mm-hmm. but it's just, uh, you, you gotta get up there, man. You gotta get up there. One of these, uh, one of these years. Um, and, um, you know, as bad as the Saratoga meet has been on a betting level on, uh, I guess, personal level. I mean, you already, you did a whole episode on this. We don't, we don't have to get on too much, but going there, I mean, as soon as I got into the track, I was just like, man, I'm glad I got to get up here this year. Now, I yeah. was definitely ready to leave by Sunday, but um, yeah, it, it's a great place, man. You got to go up there sometime. I'll have to check it out. We'll have to see if my, my Saratoga boycott lasts more than, than a calendar year. I have a feeling it probably won't. Uh, you know what's funny about that episode yesterday is uh, I, I was looking at Twitter and someone liked the the post for it. And when I looked in, like I was like, oh, who's this? I have no idea who this is. Because normally, for the most part, I know who who likes whenever I post that a new episode is up. And uh, it was all just like PETA stuff that was about ending the abuse of animals. And I was like, maybe 
I went a little too extreme in my views. If uh, me and me and PETA are, I need to put on a chinchilla coat and think about, you know, what just happened. But you raise an interesting point, which is you are now my oldest friend in horse racing that uh, I have not met in person. Um, you, uh, Ryder Dave, check. Mark, check. Caleb, even Papa Knight, check. Like, you know, all, all of my people I've, I've actually met. Tommy. Um, Tommy. I, I shared an embassy suites suite with, with Tommy for an entire weekend. Um, I will say Murph, though, Murphy. Um, he was at the same Breeders' Cup. And we just like never ran into like my phone went dead. I was running around doing stuff. So he actually takes the crown for being closest to me in proximity without actually like running into each other. So not to go, not to go into too big of a tangent, but the funny thing about Murphy is, um, you know, obviously currently stationed in Japan. Um, mm -hmm. There's, he's supposed to be in, in the States. Uh, and we might be in the same area at the same time. So that, that might happen. I might meet him here in the next couple of months, but the best part is, is that there may be a chance that this man has been in the country and I've never met him, but I might meet up with him in Japan because we're going to try, my wife and I are going to try to go to Japan in about, you know, 18 months or so. So, um, it, it'd be hilarious, you know, just, Hey, let's, you know, yeah. you're, you're a, you're a three hour flight away, but let's meet halfway around the world over right. in Japan instead. Yeah, let's why uh, you know why enjoy a race at a North American track when we can split a bento box and uh, take in some Japanese racing, which is dude Japanese racing is wild. Uh, it's just the way that they they run and pace and everything works up like how the races actually unfold and uh, the anime like interludes before the races actually start are the yep. trippiest shit ever, and I completely dig it. Yeah, that trumpet music goes out. That guy climbs up the ladder. He waves a flag around, and then all of a sudden, like the horses just walk into the gate. Like I don't even think they get let in the gate. They just like walk in because they're so they're so well behaved. They're just like, oh, this is where I go. Yeah, what I what I like about the the starter and the Japanese races is uh, it always looks like a deleted scene from like the the BC Boys sabotage video <laughs> to me for some reason. All right, that's enough. That's enough about that. Let's talk about why we're here. We're going to be talking about the late pick five, the all stakes pick five for Del Mar this Saturday, the 2nd of September, year of our Lord, 2023. Uh, it starts race seven. Post time is 730 Eastern, 630 God's time, 430 specific. Josh, what'd you think of the sequence? I, I thought there, there are some places where I hate myself, but I also kind of like a couple of these races and really like a couple of these big prices. Uh, I thought it was tough. Um, you know, we did our stream on Thursday night and, uh, you know, Caleb and Mark both thought it, it was, it was a tough sequence. I think there's, there's a couple of races where, you know, there might be a horse or two that you like. And, but if you try to go past those horses, it almost turns into like an all sequence. There's a, there's a lot of very, uh, closely matched horses, I think in the sequence, um, I think it's going to pay. Um, yeah. I, I think there's going to be at least one pretty big upset in here. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking back to uh, what was it? Uh, the Pacific Classic didn't Tripoli, I think, won with yeah. Tiago Pereira aboard one year and just completely blew up the late pick five. Now, I, I don't necessarily see a, a, a huge price, I don't think, in the Pacific Classic. But, um, yeah, some of these other races, I mean, I, I, they feel pretty wide open. 
I think it was the Pacific Classic last year when I realized that me and uh, Stiletto Boy will never vibrate at the same frequency, man. Like, <laughs> I do not get that horse. That horse apparently doesn't get me uh, because it doesn't do what I say it's going to do. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, let's go ahead. Uh, let's hit race seven, the eight furlong, $300,000 Del Mar Mile Stakes, grade two on the turf. And, uh, you know, from a pace standpoint, whenever I was actually – you know, doing my, my pace projection here, I thought this might be one of the more balanced and evenly distributed races I've seen uh, in a while from a, from, you know, a pace picture, you know, the early pace should be honest with Sumter pushing from the gate and it should be pretty strung out the first call, but well balanced with runners in every possible wave of pace. I think it makes it a little tough, but I'm trying to get skinny. What did you think? Yeah, this was a, this was a tough race. Um, You know, originally, I kind of looked at it and I was like, well, you know, I mean, this is going to set up for count again, isn't it? There's going to be a bit of uh, a bit of pace in here. And, you know, count again is just going to, you know, round round everybody and, and just win win easy. Um, but I, I started looking a little bit deeper into it. And, you know, I saw a couple of prices um, that I liked. And there's another horse uh, who... You know, I had to hit my hit the boo button on myself when I said I like this horse, which is uh, which is the one du jour, uh, the uh, the Bob Baffert trained uh, turf horse, um, and um, you know he's he's run a couple of nice races, um, is kind of, and it hasn't really backed up his three year old form as of yet, but you know won a nice race uh, last time out in the Wicker. Um, uh, I have, uh, optics notes up and, and they said the gallop out was very impressive. Um, so, you know, I, I think that this is probably the right distance for the horse. The problem is, is, you know, it's Bob Baffert in, in, uh, California. So while this horse should probably be five or six to one, you're probably going to get seven to two, four to one. I think it's four to one on the morning line. Um, but I think horizontally is one that you should use, uh, as well as count again, um, but I do have two prices in here. I do like, uh, the, uh, the six visitant, um, is a turfway park specialist, the, uh, favorite horse of a friend, uh, a friend of mine, uh, who just absolutely loves his horse. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure he's going to have all kinds of money going through it, but you know, goes to the Peter Miller barn. And, uh, if, if you want a horse to, uh, to, you know, transition from, uh, any other surface to, to turf, uh, Peter Miller is a, is a pretty good guy to, to let that happen. Uh, coming off a long layoff, um, does plot out pretty well. Has got some speed figures, I think, that that do match up with the rest of the field in here. Um, maybe gets caught up in this hot pace. So, uh, But at 12-1, to 1, I'll take a shot. Um, and then the other horse I do want to talk about is the 8 War at Sea um, for uh, Victor Espinoza and Ron Ellis. Uh, this is another one that you know has shown some early speed. But if you kind of look at that last race, uh, you know, Optics Notes point this out. And, uh, you know, Caleb, who also pointed this out, um, it looked like it was just 100% a prep race last time out. Figure still came back pretty competitive. Now they're stretching this horse back out. So Ward C at 10 to 1 might be one to take a look at. <coughs> I'll use Count Again and uh, Du Jour as A's. And then I'll use uh, the two prices, Visitant and Ward C as B's in here. Listen, I won't use Dujour because you know me. I will never use a Bob Baffert horse on my tickets. Fucking ever. Um, this is what kind of what I, I thought goes down here. And it's kind of what I've observed at Del Mar thus far in the meet is that you don't necessarily want to be on the lead 
uh, and praying for the wire to hurry up and get there in these turf races. You want to be coming from the first run or deeper positions. Now, I did really like Visitant, uh, who you mentioned, and I do think that's the horse that likely is sitting right off of Sumter's hip and gets first run, but I decided to take a look at the wave a little bit behind it. Uh, th- that's where I'm, I'm going, and uh, I used the chalk, the four, exalted at three to one. I mean, I think it's the deserving morning line chalk for, uh, for Peter Yurton. I mean, it's one four straight, including two straight graded stakes with the uh, American and the Shoemaker at Santa Anita. It makes the Del Mar turf debut today, which is my one of my only reasons for pause and using as a single in the first leg of the pick five. Also, the speed figures have declined in the last two, despite the wins. Um, I'm pairing it up with the nine twist at 12 to one. Uh, this is the horse I will likely be win betting in this race. Uh, the Sadler Ronis connection, always strong. And I think it's going to sh- sit a pretty comfortable, you know, uh, trip in the second wave behind Sumter and the horses pressing Sumter early. It was a stakes winner. I think they use so many words to describe uh, their races in France. It's like, they all have a name, uh, but I think a stakes winner in France that has shown, you know, it can run off of Lasix and win. And the performances in the tune-ups over firm turf alleviate the concerns that I had that this might only be a soft turf specialist. So I, I'm four nine. Josh, give me your numbers again. Uh one three over six eight. Ooh. I will say there's Broken another horse like I you know, the the interesting thing about this race is, you know, and we talked about this on the stream yesterday. I have four horses in here, and there's probably another two or three that if they won wouldn't surprise me. Like Iridao. I think kind of sits really nicely here. If it gets really crazy, if Count again yes. doesn't fire, Iridale is yes. another one that's going to be coming from the back. Uh, yep. Balnikov is another one that's going to want to be coming from the back. So uh, the 10, the 5, or others that you might want to use underneath, or uh, you know, if, if you really want to spread here, there are other ones that you could possibly include. Absolutely. Big question is, what, you, what will you be including and SGPN's College Football Bankroll Challenge. College football is back, and to celebrate, SGPN is giving away a bunch of cash in our College Football Bankroll Challenge. It's free to enter. It's a season-long contest, 1,000 to first, 500 to second, but the prize double to 2,000 and 1,000 if you're a Patreon for the college football season. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash bankroll or click the link in the app. Also, brought to you by our friends at DraftKings. College football fans, are you ready for week one? DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking you up with a can't-miss offer to start the season strong. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on college football and score $200 in bonus bets instantly. Anything can happen in college football. You can go worst to first. Change comes fast, and the only thing that's a lock is the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Hell, what do I like? I got games I like tonight. I'm actually thinking about sprinkling on the Chippewas against Michigan State tonight. We'll see. So, life's more fun when you're in the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on college football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. The state-specific responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. God damn, I'm getting good at reading those fast disclaimers, dude. <laughs> like, I, I might be like the satchel page of, of doing that. Moving on. Race eight, eight furlongs, uh, named for a uh, golf course that me and Ryder Dave actually had a, a romantic moonlight drive through after the uh, the Breeders' Cup uh, in his uh, convertible. 
Uh, the Tory Pine Stakes. It's a grade three on the dirt. And while my notes for this race, here's the here's item A in my outline, which is uh, uh, and then uh, item B is I mean, uh, there's one horse in here who's an absolute monster, uh, that is going to be hard not to use. Josh, what'd you think of the race? Uh, I am going to try and beat FaZe on here. Um, so I have kind of a, I, I guess in my head, um, when I see a horse like this, uh, who obviously was just rattling off win after win, after win, after win, and then leaves the comfort of uh, her own home, uh, travels to, uh, Pimlico to run in the black eyed Susan and gets basically dumpstered, uh, by tax and Hoosier Philly. Um, I mean, that figure is pedestrian uh, that came back that last race. And I think you have a lot of horses in this race that uh, that that I, I beat that last time out um, uh, effort there. So taking a short price on a horse coming off a really bad race, uh, I'm going to go against. Uh, I'm going to go just to the outside of FaZa. Uh, I'm going to use the 10 ceiling crusher uh, for uh, Doug O'Neill and Edwin Maldonado. Now, um, this is, I mean, frankly, this horse kind of did the same thing where last time out uh, was, you know, uh, one to five. or But with an to, excuse. With an excuse, I will yeah, say. Yeah, it was bumped at the start um, and, and just kind of ran evenly. Um, but even on Brisnet, that race came back faster than uh, what FaZe did last time out. Um, so at what I'm guessing is going to be triple the price, uh, I'll take a shot with Ceiling Crusher. Um, but when I did a bit, a little bit of a deeper dive into this race, um, optics has got this coded as just an absolute blazing front pace. Um, and I'm going back to the well on a horse that is not fast enough, had a bunch of hype, but I think I'm going to get a price on here. And, uh, you know, Chase, we've talked about this angle before privately, the lone S Lone closer in this race, and that's the one Justique. Um, like I said, you're gonna have to squint to make a case for this horse. This horse came a uh, came out of the gate with a pretty impressive, um, pretty impressive win uh, as a maiden first time out last year, and started getting a lot of buzz. Ran third, uh, ran third in the stakes race, and kind of just disappeared for a bit. Has been running against pretty soft company. Has not been winning, um, but I, I just, I just see this pace being absolutely nuclear on the front. And if there's going to be a time that that she's going to get the pace that she needs to to run into, I think this is it. Um, you know, old old ass Mike Smith stays uh, aboard for this, and you know he rides so few horses that if he gets up on a mount in a stakes race, normally the horse is live. So. I'm going to take another shot with Justique. I have her as kind of a C type here, maybe a B, um, but I'm only using two horses. I'm using the 10 here, Ceiling Crusher. I'm using the one, Justique. You know, with the with the Bob Baffert horse, Fiza, I, I do think it has an excellent choice to win this race. I think it probably sits a pretty good trip, kind of stalking, and then goes. What I run into here, though, is I think Faza is easily Eatable at the same time, so I either have to single it or toss it, right? I mean, that's that how last... I feel you got to be here. 
Yeah, the last start in the, the Black Eyed Susan wasn't good, but it was shipping across country, did run against much better fillies, uh, I think, than she's, you know, uh, than she's been keeping company with on the West Coast. I mean, you know me. I always say that you cannot leave Bob Baffert off your tickets, and I will use him at every opportunity. So, uh, um, yes, I'm, yes, I'm saying I, I want to mingle. You want to mingle? Yeah. I'm singling Faza here. Um, don't forget, don't remember anything that I said earlier. I love Bob Baffert, and I love his horse Faza, and I hope that uh, it gets home to, to keep me uh, skinny uh, in this, uh, this pick five sequence. Real quick, I'm not looking at an underdog, but you should be looking at underdog fantasy because August is all over. You know what that means. Time is running out for you to draft your fantasy football team on underdog fantasy. Get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball on underdog fantasy. All you do is one live snake draft. No waivers, no trades. You said it. You forget it. And underdog does the rest. Try it with underdog's best ball mania tournament. Listen, they're giving away uh, roughly equivalent equivalent of fuck you money uh 15 million dollars in total prizes this season including an absurd three million dollars going to the winner of their best ball mania four do you have what it takes to win it all josh i think you do you should try it out the time is now the last day to draft your fantasy football team is september 7th visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store and sign up with promo code sgpn to get your first deposit doubled up to 100 dollars. that's underdog fantasy promo code sgpn and don't forget to check out our patreon uh Sign up for the Patreon to get ac- ex- get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL win totals contest with a thousand dollar first place prize. Uh, this week's weekly Patreon pick'em is all week one college football. The price is a cornhole board. That's awesome. That's a slice of Americana for you. It's perfect for any college football tailgate. It's a great way to support the network and fight back against corporate gambling. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. Now, on to what I've started dubbing the Wednesday leg, the hump day leg of the pick five. Uh, race three in the sequence, race nine on the card, the five furlong, $150,000 green flash handicap stakes. It's a grade three on the turf, and this could be a little chaotic little five furlong sprint stakes race. I mean, as you expect, there's a ton of early speed, and if a couple of the off-pace horses scratch before the race, there's a chance that it could get injected with even more early speed from some of the also eligibles. Uh, I, I can go ahead and tell you that I'm spread. Josh, what was your strategy looking at the uh, green flash? Yeah, this is similar to the first leg for me. Um, I think if I'm I'm going through my notes, I have four ho- horses written down. Um, I feel pretty strongly about three of them. One, I think, is a, a little bit of an outsider. So my my three A-type horses in this race, I'll, I'll start with probably my top pick, which is the eight Motorious in here. Um, really like this horse in the turf sprint, uh, at Churchill Downs, um, last time out, uh, that was famously, uh, wired by no balls. Um, and, uh, you know, finished second in that race and is coming right back here. Um, has, uh, has one going this trip at this, um, this track going five furlongs here at Del Mar and, and something that my, uh, my co-host Caleb Knight brought up is, you know, there's a lot of horses in this race that are sprinters but aren't five furlong sprinters so i think that's something to kind of keep an eye on make sure you're looking at horses that um that have run this five furlong distance with with some success um which is uh you know kind of leads me to my next horse the six lane way here for my racehorse uh richard mandela and uh and mike smith here um 
has been winning some nice races, but these have been going down the hill, going six and a half. Um, coming back to five furlongs, does have two races uh, at five furlongs here at Del Mar. Finished second, um, second in both those. Um, but but the figures uh, were pretty good in this race last year. Finished second to Lieutenant Dan. So I think this horse is definitely in here with a shot, especially with all the speed up front. Um, I think that this is going to be a horse sitting in that second or third flight that's going to get first run on, on the rest of the speed. And then uh, another horse that I'm going to be using is the 10 brand uh, with John Sadler and Juan Hernandez. Uh, anytime Juan Hernandez gets aboard for uh, for anybody in the West Coast, uh, you got to pay attention. Uh, the last out figure at Kentucky Downs uh, is enormous on Brisnet. Uh, I haven't checked it against other um, other providers yet, but um, you know, won a six furlong sprint here. Um, concern might be that maybe five is too sharp for him. Um, so this is kind of why I have him as my third choice, but I, I still have him as an A. Um, and then lastly, I think an intriguing horse in here is a horse that's stepping up in class, the nine, Cherubic Factor here for Peter Erton and Antonio Frezu. Uh, Antonio Frezu in the last week has won 10 races at Del Mar, which is just an insane number. Um, he's now second in the jockey standings uh, behind Juan Hernandez and just leapfrogged over uh, Umberto Rispoli. Um, and, uh, you know, this horse is 15 to 1, one going this trip last time out on July 29th here at Del Mar. And interestingly, when I look at optics, uh, you know, there's a note there uh, from optics saying trouble plus green word, uh, which generally means the horse was affected by some type of trouble now caleb was kind of uh, a little bit less uh he thought it was a little less dramatic the trouble uh than than what was noted here on optics but um the fact that this horse won by half a length and had to work out a trip um makes me think that uh th there's something with this horse so the nine trubic factor is going to make my tickets as well um, so top pick is going to be the eight Motorious, followed by the six Laneway, 10 Brand, and nine Cherubic Factor. If you're looking for just some value play or you're playing some tournaments or something, I would definitely key around the nine here. You know, I, I kind of saw it the same way. And to me, this seems like a perfect race to spread and do what I call just throw in a run style at the problem. I mean, uh, of course, all of these I'm using will be coming from off the pace. And in these turf races, when you consider trips, traffic, and other factors, it almost turns into a numbers game of how many off-pace salmon do I have to, to release to swim upstream to hopefully hopefully score. And uh, I, I ended up going five deep here. Uh, you mentioned a, a couple of them that I, that I have. Uh, a couple of them you didn't. The three, uh, turn on the jets, six to one. Sitting, it's going to be sitting a nice little pocket trip. I'll tell you what, pocket trips, I am a dirty little pig boy for. Little pig boy. Can I get the definition? Little pig boy. He's that pathetic, dirty bitch baby mistress gets to stand on. And it, that horse closed into fractions that will be slower than the opening quarter, I think, for, for this race. So I, I like uh, that horse with a little bit more to run into. Uh, the five beer can man at six to one. Another one sit a little closer to the early pace. Uh, but the good news is that this horse won't let the race get too far away from him. Uh, it hasn't gotten all the way up in a grade stakes race yet, but should have the opportunity to state its case here. Uh, Laneway, I'm with you. I love Papa Mandela. Omaha Beach, it should have been you. Um, 
But yeah, Motorious definitely using that horse ran a game second uh, to our Kentucky Derby Day bomb. Uh, no balls. Uh, and no one was catching no balls that day because no balls was being carried by a bias, which means the Motorious was running against a little bit of a bias there. Um, and then I definitely used uh, the 10 brand. Long layoff, but it comes after that big win that Josh mentioned at uh, Kentucky Downs. And if you are keeping score uh, on your dirty little pig boy bingo card, I love horses that have run at Kentucky Downs, especially horses that have won. Little pig boy comes from the dirt. <laughs> He's a weasley little mud grub who needs to be stood on. Little pig boy. Little pig boy comes from the dirt, but he likes horses running on the turf from Kentucky Downs. So those are my five. Uh, like I said, just throwing a run style at the problem. Let's hit it. Let's hit the feature, the 10 furlong. One million dollar Pacific Classic Stakes. It's a grade one. It's on the dirt. And I'll tell you right now, I smell dirty tricks here. I smell shenanigans in this race. And it's all pointed at giving trouble to a horse who I think probably could win this race. But shenanigans we will have. Josh. I'm going to let the anticipation for my reveal of the, you know, it's like, uh, I feel like I'm giving uh, a Rudy Giuliani press conference at the Four Seasons Adult Bookstore in Philadelphia <laughs> right now. Uh, I got a big uh, reveal that it's going to take the top right off of this. What'd you think? Yeah. Um, so I looked at this race and I basically immediately tossed out uh, a couple of the three-year-olds, uh, the nine Arabian night, the one go rocket ride, uh, neither of them are going to be on any of my tickets. Um, I do think, um, I think the, the nine Arabian night, uh, is going to be a grade one winner, uh, again this year. Um, but it's going to be the, just the biggest sham of a grade one that exists, uh, the day after Christmas going seven furlongs at Santa Anita, um, yeah. for three year olds for some reason. I've, preemptively congratulated on their Malibu stakes win uh, on yeah. that day. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be a crazy race because I'm guessing Arabian Nights going to be in there. Arabian lion uh, and Fort Bragg. I think those three are all going to be in there and they, they're all going to have a shot because they all, it's like, they, that's all they want to do. They want to run seven, <laughs> seven furlongs really fast, but um, yeah, not interested in Arabian night here. Um, I, I do think that he is going to set up, uh, the race a little bit for uh, his stablemate, uh, which is the five defunded in here. Um, Bob Baffert and, and Juan Hernandez. And this is uh, this is a horse that has gone wire to wire, uh, but has also seemed to, to be okay just letting some pace go in front of him. So um, I, I definitely see defunded kind of sitting, um, you know, second or third in this race and just kind of getting the pocket trip um, and, um, and, and, you know, was probably your most likely winner in here. I have him as an A, but um, there's another horse that I, that I do like in here, and he happened to have beaten uh, Defunded last time out, uh, and that's uh, the eight Senor Buscador here uh, for Todd Fincher and Giovanni Franco. Um, I, I think if something stupid happens on the front end, uh, obviously you have the E8 in Arabian Night. Um, you know, Go Rocket Ride uh, has shown to be pretty close up to the pace. Um, you know, Stiletto Boy, depending on what he wants to do, he might be on the pace. 
Uh, and hey, maybe even defunded if defunded decides to go crazy and get on the pace. Order in law. I mean, you got a lot of horses that have shown some speed, um, and this might just set up for Senor Buscador again with you know some fast fractions up front, and he just kind of makes that one run and, and might just be good enough. I mean, some of his back races are definitely fast enough to win here, and uh, I mean at ten to one, I a horse coming off a nice grade two win where he's beaten a lot of the horses in this race sign me up so i'm going to be only two a's in this spot only horses i'm using the five defunded um the eight senior buscador i think once you start looking past those horses um at least in my mind you, you start getting into like in, into just wildness like you can just you can basically make a case for any other horse in this race this is a great race i i, yeah. I love this race i can't wait to watch it i'm going to try and get through it skinny so here's my theory. There are two Bob Baffert entries in, in that race. And I think that one is just there to play defense and stick to go rocket ride. Like he he's fucking Revis Island, just out there like white on rice on a paper plate in a snowstorm, just bugging go rocket ride. We've seen him do this before kind of a lot. And I think that it's the other Bob entry defunded who is just going to sit right next to go rocket ride, keep them pinned in on the rail and just fuck with them the entire way around the track. And with that happening, I'm not sure if anyone catches Arabian night on the front. Uh, you know, the horse is prone to quit once another horse pokes its head out in front. So, you know, it's going. And I think a lot of these entries would seriously just be happy hitting the board and cashing a check. And no one necessarily wants to jump on that grenade and we'll put, you know, Arabian night, living his best life out on the front. It's my theory that the other Bob defunded isn't there to win. He's just there to fuck with go rocket ride. So when considering my conspiratorial conspiratorial theory here, I think it could be another easy single for a man who's easily the greatest living American, uh, Bob Baffert. So yes, I have two singles, Josh, and they are both Bob Baffert horses on this card. How is that sitting with you right now? I, I, I just, I have to correct you um, because that is not Bob's move. Uh, Bob's move is uh, stealing epiglottises. That's uh, true. That's Bob. That's Bob's move. Um, so uh, if anything, Mandela. yeah, if, if anything, I would, um, I would watch for news that uh, go rocket ride uh, has got an epiglottis issue. You, and, you better teach that horse to drink through a straw because yeah. if he opens his mouth, Bob's snatching that glottis, son. Mm -hmm. All right. God, I need to, every year before Christmas, I need to read the the Bob Epiglottal Thievery uh, Night Before Christmas that Ryder Dave wrote a couple years ago. Goodness. Here we go. On to the money leg. The leg that hopefully wins us generational wealth and wants to say things like this. Hey, 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 don't rub on that. You blocked that. You understand? That's alpaca. That's $25,000 alpaca. You block that shit. Right. You don't rub them. Put the club soda on there. Don't forget the, the salt, too. That also helps draw the stain out, Denzel. Um, the 11 furlong, $300,000 Delmore handicap stakes is your put up or shut up race in the late pick five. It's a grade two. It's on the turf. I have a question for you. Where does the early pace in this race come from? I'll wait. Fucking nowhere. There's no horse that really wants to be on the lead. Uh, so that led to me kind of throwing a run style at it again. I'm interested to see if you saw the pace setup kind of the same way here. 
Uh, I did a little bit. Um, I, I do think that there is um, there is a lack of pace, uh, but you know, I, you you might want to hit that that single button if you got it, because uh, uh, I got one here. Oh, okay, okay. I like the prompting. Actually, I'm going to give you the follow up to it, which is uh, equally good. Now the women love you when you get out there. Why do you think that is? What you say? The women love you when you get out there. Why is that, ladies? Well, I'm asking you. Huh? Uh, but uh, I really like the nine planetario here. Um, for uh, Papa Mandela, you get Hector Berrios here, uh, who is just the lord of the turf. Uh, he's taken the title from uh, Fergal Lynch. Uh, so he's no longer, uh, it's no longer Fergal Lynch, lord of the turf. It's now Hector Isaac Bar- uh, Berrios here, lord of the turf. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, man. I you know if you are uh, an optics disciple, which I know you're not, Chase, but uh, big old square right in the middle of the plot. So there's not a lot of pace, and you know oftentimes we we look at okay who's going to be on the lead here, but I think this is a case where uh, it's the pace is going to be so slow it's going to invite the closers in, and what yeah. I mean is a horse that might normally be you know seven or eight lengths off. And you know has to make that really big run to to win. Now he's only got to do it from four lengths off, and I, I really think that this is going to set up nicely uh, for the nine planetario. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I thought that United Nations race uh, had a little bit of trouble there. Um, you know, saved some ground, but um, you know ended up finishing fifth there. But I, I think a lot of those horses that are in that race, you know, would would probably match up pretty well here. So. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna single the nine single A at least. Um, there was another horse uh, that I wasn't interested in at all um, until uh, you know I heard uh, Mr. Goodlooking Caleb uh, talk about this on stream last night. He's just um, god damn, just he's easy just so, on the eyes. I know, and he's just so. I don't and know, we've man. met Papa Knight. He's got only good things to look forward to. Yeah, I, yeah. that man is gonna age well. Yeah, um, like an but, investment grade Bordeaux, Josh. I, if I drank fancy wine, I would probably get that reference, but uh, alas, I do not. Knowing you, um, it's only a matter of time, Josh. <laughs> uh, Miss the Cut, the number four horse here uh, for uh, the, probably the greatest jockey to ever live, uh, Jose Valdivia Jr. Uh, and John Sadler. They're, they're getting uh, matching up here. Um, I think that this might be the horse that inherits the lead, um, and this is kind of taking that... Um, taking i guess kind of how you see the pace where hey it might be slow enough that it just it gets walked on the front end and i think if anyone's going to walk it on the front end it's probably going to be the four missed the cut uh it's got some races that are um that are definitely uh competitive in here um i will say that uh you know I, this is a confusing horse because this horse was running really well in europe uh came here and they put him on the dirt immediately uh, and when you look at the breeding, I mean, Quality Road can run on anything, but See the Stars on the bottom is 100% turf pedigree. Uh, so it, it's confusing why what they were doing with this horse. Um, so now gets on the right surface, gets Jose Valdivia aboard, uh, who is, uh, is is a fairly aggressive rider. And if, if they're just going to give him the lead, I think he just takes it and goes. 
Um, so I'll have missed the cut on some tickets here as a B, uh, but I'm going to have most of my money going through the nine here, Planetario. Uh, Planetario is a horse I, I feel like I probably should have at, added. He does have a little bit of go to the front, all, but seeing like being back at like six, you know, four to five links back at the first call gave me a little bit of pro- pause here. I mean, I have the feeling that it's going to be someone in this like front group of four horses that I, I've picked out whenever I did my my uh, projection here. And uh, it was either the two, the three, the seven or the eight for me. I, I didn't use 10. Actually, I might want to, you know what? I'm going to swap out. No, no, I'm sticking with a, I'm sticking with a eight here. Got to have Bob Baffert. I mean, an amazing man. Um, yeah. It, listen, this, this is what I'm going to say about Crosby beach at 15 to one. The two could inherit the lead on the reel by default. And if he does, then there's no reason this, this one couldn't wire at a massive price. Uh, none above the law, the three at 15 to one. Uh, my notes here, C. Crosby Beach. The 7, 911 Turbo at 10 to 1. C. Crosby Beach and none above the law. And then the 8, Azul Coast at 8 to 1. Uh, C. Crosby Beach, none above the law, 911 Turbo. I, I I think either one of these four could easily just step up, take the lead, uh, be the aggressor, and, and wire this field. And if not wire it, sit really close to the lead and then have first run. I mean, this is the other end of my throw a style at it spectrum. I, I don't know which gets on the lead and controls the pace the whole way, but I think that one of them will. So I, I'm using those four here to uh, to spread out after my uh, my double singles in the uh, the second and fourth, and my, my uh, two deep in the in the opener. Counterpoint, thoughts, concerns? No, I, you know, I, I think the one horse that I don't want any part of is the eight Azul Coast. Um, there, there just doesn't seem to be any type of uh, turf pedigree there. Um, it, it's interesting that, you know, Bob normally puts these horses on the turf uh, when he's got no other options, and he normally does it in, like, optional claimers or something. So it's interesting that he's entering this one uh, at six uh, for the second time ever on turf. So um, I, I will say 9-11 Turbo did make a little bit of sense. Um you know, uh, with, uh, you know, Frazu was able to to, to sit just off and win a nice race last time out uh, at this distance. So that, that that horse does make a ton of sense in here. All right. So let me recap my ticket here. It's going to end up being a $20 ticket if I played at the 50 cent base and uh, opened up with the two horses, the four, the nine. Uh, we single uh, Mr. Universe himself, Bob Baffert, with a nine in the second race. Uh, and the third, we're spreading out as far as we uh, spread out pretty much. The three, five, the six, the eight, the ten, singling the nine again in the fourth, and then finishing with the two, three, seven, eight. Josh, you want to rattle off that ticket? Yeah, mine's uh, mine's a little bit more uh, more complicated here, but uh, we got one, three, six in the first leg with eight as a B. Uh, second leg, we got the ten as a single A. With Justique, we'll, we'll say we'll have Justique as a B in this spot. Uh, in the third leg, we got the 6, the 8, the 10 as A's. You got the 9 there as a B. Uh, leg for the Pacific Classic, I'm only going to be using the 5 and the 8 there. Um, and then to close it out, I'll have a lone A, 9, uh, and I will be using the 4 as a B. One of my favorite things about our friendship is that we will see races the exact same way and 100% not be on the same horses ever. Uh, yep. 
it's a it's a good it's a good counterpoint i think um as man. andrew likes to say the thing i love the most about this game <laughs> is that people you have two people who've watched thousands and thousands of races and they see it completely different you know i doing that episode with uh with andrew was my first like actual like well face to air quote face to face interaction with andrew god damn it he's just a that is a, just a great dude right there mm-hmm. uh he he is I mean, we hit it off like gangbusters i think he's a pretty cool guy i can't wait to have him back on the show i can't he wait always, for you guys to start start back over with the uh, drink of champagne yeah we're hoping in the next uh next uh, couple of weeks here we'll be starting back up uh with drinking champagne um yeah he he makes me feel wholly inadequate in a different way than caleb does right caleb yeah. makes you feel inadequate just because you know you look at him and you're just like like why do i look like the way i do and why does he look that way um yeah. I, I really wish you had that uh that meme at the ready the one where it's the the guy kind of praying he's like lord i've seen what you've done for others and i want that for me yeah um but uh yeah um but andrew is just like a consummate professional uh, he comes in 100 percent prepared uh he never stutters never stumbles never us he just says it and yeah. i'm just like why you make this look so easy I've been doing streams and podcasts for, you know, four years now, I think, and I still suck at it. How, how are you so good? But, uh, but yeah, we've been doing it dude. longer than four years, man. Like I God, I'm trying to, th- we've probably been at it close to like seven ish years. I mean, I started I, when you started. No, cause justify was the first, uh, the first year I watched races and that was less than seven years ago. So that's a good point. If five ish, maybe. Five-ish? Yeah, I think I think it's four. Maybe it might be four. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Man, anything else you wanna you wanna shout out before we uh, get out of here? Um, we've talked about Caleb's beauty. We've talked about the professionalism and the joy that it, the uh, just overall delight that is uh, Andrew Champagne. Uh, mm, there's Mark. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> poor Mark. Poor. I feel like Mark, Mark took Mark took the brunt of. Uh, saratoga being yeah being both bags last i weekend. think and i think i kind of fed off of you a little bit and yeah. uh so so mark if you're listening take this as an apology from both chase and myself yeah uh yeah. we're sorry um you know but you know saratoga is i i had to say to her, i was like you're not saratoga's whipping boy i probably shouldn't have done that that's that's on me uh but is I it think really it bad is it really bad that the entire time you were saying stuff to him all I had playing in my head was your little pig boy, uh, your little pig boy thing, and I was like, "Oh, that's probably what Chase is thinking." A little pig yeah. boy from the dirt. Yeah, <laughs> from the, from the Saratoga dirt. No, he got the he got the brunt of it. It wasn't a fair. I had, I've already apologized to Mark, but I'll apologize again uh, audibly for him too. Uh, I, I I ripped on him so bad that he felt that he needed to apologize to me retroactively for things that he'd said about the South and Arkansas. I was like, I appreciate it. It's not, it's not warranted though. It's uh, that, that was on me. Um, Well, now that we've talked about our flaws as human beings, that's going to do it for us here at the notorious OTV brought to you by the sports gambling podcast network. We'll catch you next week. What are we going to look at? Omar and Saratoga ending. I have no fucking clue. It'll be a surprise to everyone. We'll see you then. 